Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for a Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be discussing Chicken Soup's latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Angels and Miracles, 101 inspirational stories about hope, answered prayers, and divine intervention. Good morning, Amy. Welcome back to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Thanks for having me on to talk about this really fun book. Fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. By the way, happy fall. The temperature is cooling down perfectly. Halloween is right around the corner, and the setting is perfect for this wonderful book about angels and miracles. So congratulations for the book. Well, thanks. We we like to put out this kind of book during the holiday season because People love to give this kind of book as a gift, and mm-hmm. also it's just a time of year when people are focused on spirituality and miracles and good things happening to good people. And so putting out an Angels and Miracles book prior to the holidays seems like a great idea to me, and it's worked really well for us in the past. They're very popular. Fantastic. How many submissions do you have for this particular book? Oh, my gosh. Um, I think it was 6,000 submissions, wow. which is pretty amazing. And the thing is <laughs> that we we usually do like a really big deal advertising. We're mm-hmm. looking for stories for such and such topic. And mm-hmm. this one, I think we just posted it on our website, one little paragraph, and we didn't even send out an email to our writers for a long time telling them what we were looking for. And we got thousands of submissions before we even went public telling people we Mm -hmm. were looking for stories for this book. So Mm -hmm. people have so many of these stories inside them Mm -hmm. waiting to be written down. And sometimes they've never told the story to anyone before because they're, they say, well, it's so unbelievable. Nobody, everybody will think I made it up, whatever. And so often we're the first confidant and they'll tell us, you know, even my family hasn't heard this story before, so they're going to be reading it in the book for the first time. <laughs> That's very interesting. Chicken soup seems to have bestsellers on books dedicated to the unexplained. Why is this so? I think that people love stories that show them that good things can happen, and it really mm-hmm. gives people a lot of hope and comfort. Mm-hmm. that even if they're going through a tough time, that good things can theoretically happen to them. And here yeah. are all these ordinary people writing these stories about extraordinary good things that have happened to them. And it just, I guess it just opens up our our hearts to the possibilities that something somehow, somewhere can work in our lives to make good things right. happen right. when we need them most. And You don't have to be religious. You don't have to really believe in any kind of spirituality to still be Mm -hmm. awed and amazed by this kind of story. So true. What I gather from the book are a couple of things. Number one, obviously, you're talking about the idea of like, wow, these are things that people went through in time and 
they have this wonderful, special, unexplained memories that forever change their life. The other side of the equation is that when I read the book and I walked through my life and the things that I've experienced, whether it's divine intervention or whatnot, it sort of challenges my thought process in terms of like, hey, there's something greater here that's happening, and if you tune up your antenna, so to speak, you can pick up all these wonderful things, and that makes me realize in choosing some of the stories that we're going to be talking about today that it reminded me of the things that I have personally experienced. And that's a wonderful feeling in reading a book like this. Yeah, because weird things happen. And and it doesn't. you don't have to believe that it was an angel or anything, mm-hmm. just that great things can happen. I'll give you an example that happened to me in the last mm-hmm. few weeks. Um, I have a new book out called Simply Happy that you know, came mm-hmm. out prior to the Angels and Miracles book. And um, because of the presidential election, it was very hard to book PR in October mm-hmm. because, um, you know, the TV stations are mm-hmm. very busy talking about the election every day, so they don't have as much time to bring on outside guests. Mm-hmm. And I mailed about 200 copies of the book out to different people who I thought were influencers who might write book mm-hmm. reviews on Amazon, etc. which worked, by the way. Lots of great book mm-hmm. reviews on Amazon. But I mailed a copy to a friend of mine in San Diego named Kristen Cusato, who I had met mm-hmm. when we did our Alzheimer's book, but she used to be on air at KUSI in San Diego. So we mailed mm-hmm. it to her correct address, and it came back as um, like addressee unknown, but I didn't mm-hmm. know about this. And then my assistant took it down to the post office and said, "This is the address is correct, and so they put a zero postage tape on it and said we were not going to charge you again for postage we're going to send it again but then the very next day the book was back in our p.o box again at the post office so somebody (laughs) there thought we hadn't put postage on it returned it to us so my assistant was showing it to me and i said i don't know what to do um get in touch with Kristen and ask her if by any chance there's some other address we could use and then my assistant started talking to Kristen and and told her i'd be in la in early october Mm -hmm. doing good day la and Kristen volunteered to help me in San Diego and got me on two morning shows in San Diego that my publicists couldn't get me on. And so I was able to go to L.A., then go to San Diego, do two more appearances in San Diego to promote my Simply Happy book. And none of that would have happened if the post office hadn't twice returned this package to us. And both times they were completely wrong to have returned the package. Right. Isn't that So that amazing? was just a nice little thing where... There was no yeah. reason for the post office to have messed this up twice, and yet they did, and a very good thing came from it. See, Amy, your angels are looking out for you. I don't know if it was angels. I think it was just <laughs> fabulous luck, but it's just an example that there's always a silver lining. Really, yeah. this was just a wonderful thing, and I would not have gone on those two shows in San Diego if it weren't for Kristen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful story, though. What was the favorite part of putting the book together? Um, I think it was just being exposed to all these stories. And I didn't get to do the most fun part, which was reading all 6,000 submissions. So we have a whole t- – I, I don't have time to do that anymore. We have a whole team of yeah. editors who read them and then report back to me on what they're seeing. And so my team got to read all the stories 
and and then I got to read probably 300 finalists, and so yeah. that was really fun because I got to read a bunch of stories that ended up not making it into the final volume because we only have mm-hmm. 101 spots. But choosing the stories is really, really fun for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's challenging also because mm-hmm. you get stories about the same thing over and over again, people finding coins. Right or a yellow right. butterfly or whatever. They right. th- There are some stories that are repeated, so then we have to pick the best example of each kind of occurrence. And then mm-hmm. that makes us feel bad because people we know don't necessarily get into the book. But yeah. that's yeah. what happens when you have 6,000 submissions and only 101 spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up about the coins because you have a couple of stories for sure in that I've read about coins in different fashion. And that quickly triggered my own personal experience about coins. There was a point in my life that, and this was just about several years ago now. I mean, I'm talking about maybe about five, six years. I can't exactly remember the year. I remember that life is sort of in rhythm, and that was a sort of a down point in my life. And, well, it, I've hit bottom, and it's swinging back up again. How's that? That would be the best way to explain it. As I was driving up to the Dallas Market Center, that's where I have my office at, and it was so interesting as I got out of my car, as I was walking, and hold and behold, there was a quarter sitting right on the pathway. I just couldn't miss it. It was right there, a quarter. And I picked it up, and all this while, while I was driving from home to work, I was thinking, like, this is great. I came here in 1980 did all these great things, and life is a cycle. You go up and down, up and down, up and down, and I guess this is the final cycle in my life, so to speak. And so I picked that quarter up, and guess what? It's dated 1980. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and it put a smile on my face because it's like, Johnny, just remember, you came here in 1980, you went through all the stuff time, and you rode the wave. It reminded me about what my mom always said that cream always floats to the top eventually. Mm-hmm. So just that little moment in time changes my life in a special way, Amy, because it sort of gave you that steroid shots that you need. Yeah, and you don't have to believe an angel left the quarter for you or anything like that. It's yeah. just that something yeah. really nice, incredibly coincidental and reassuring yeah. happened to you. Yeah, yeah something very special that just changes something. Mm-hmm. Did you learn something special from the various stories? I think that when you read all of these stories about angels and miracles and divine intervention and answered prayers and mm-hmm. just all and just awesome things that happen that you can't really explain, mm-hmm. it gives you hope and it just really opens your eyes to the fact that you should never completely give up hope and that good things can happen. And so I think being exposed to stories like this just puts me in a better frame of mind because I think it makes you a lot less negative, less pessimistic. Mm -hmm. And when you are going through something bad, you think about these other people and their stories and how they came out the other side of bad things or at least Mm -hmm. adopted Mm -hmm. a different perspective. So I think you can't help but feel better after being exposed to stories like the ones in uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Angels and Miracles. I 
I, I would almost recommend giving it to somebody who's kind of pessimistic <laughs> for Christmas right, and see right. if their mood improves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would think so because I think it sort of triggers memories of things that you've accounted in life and whether you believe it or not is highly coincidental. You mentioned something just now very interesting because you said that you have so many stories about, and I'm just uh, just saying this in the sense that yellow butterflies or this coin thing and, and so forth. What would be interesting is if you guys could really isolate this and pretty soon it becomes something analytical and you have like, wow, if so many are saying this, that's highly coincidental. One is an anomaly. And then two, yeah, maybe. And then somewhere along the line, that's some sort of truth to it. We do get a lot of stories from people who, as their loved one was dying, they decided mm-hmm. that they would you know, receive a coin. Or for some reason, mm-hmm. they believe a coin is a message from their loved one. Yeah, and, yeah. and sometimes it's pennies. Sometimes it's nickels, dimes, quarters. It can be any coin, but then it's that particular coin they see over and over. And I don't know if they're just more focused on it, and as they walk right. around, they just see these coins. But sometimes it's really weird because they'll say, like, I had made my, I just made my bed, and then mm-hmm. a dime showed up mm-hmm. in the middle of the bed. Well, how could that possibly happen, right? Right, right. So right, sometimes right. they really can't explain it away. Um, right. I think there's a natural human desire if you lose someone you love to look right. for some kind of sign, some feeling that you still have a connection to your loved one. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the stories in the book are about people who somehow have found a connection to their loved one. And I like to say that overall our stories of this nature are about the unexplainable mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. what they really are. You can't really understand why they happened. You can't explain them away. So you just have to accept the fact that these good things happen to people and um, and be happy that these things can happen. Right. And a lot of times, too, I mean, there are stories in the book that you really need that sort of intervention that really puts you over the top or help you to get over that huge harm that, uh, humanly speaking, you can't do it. That's true, because sometimes when you're going through a hard time, you need an intervention, and it could be just somebody saying the right words to you, a phone call out of the blue from somebody who you hadn't talked to for a long time, reading Mm -hmm. something or seeing something like a dime in the middle of your bed. But you need something that just Mm -hmm. tweaks your perspective, and all of a sudden you got off that negative path you were on, and you just stepped you know, one yard to the right onto a positive path, and then you're right. on your way to recovery. Right, right. You have ten wonderful chapters in the book. Can you tell us the various chapters, please, if you don't mind? Oh, sure. I have a lot of fun actually making the chapter titles. What I do is I take the 101 stories and I go to our conference room and I make piles, and I write like little chapter ideas and post-it <laughs> notes, and then I start moving stories around, and I try to do about 10 stories per chapter and 10 mm-hmm. chapters per book, and sometimes I end up with 8 chapters, sometimes with 12, but anyway, the chapters in this case, the first one is called Angels Among Us, the second chapter is Miracles Happen, third chapter is 
messages from heaven, and that includes one of those coin stories. Mm -hmm. Fourth Mm -hmm. chapter is about miraculous healing, and the fifth chapter is about divine intervention, where my post office story would go, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The sixth chapter is called Dreams and Premonitions, because people sometimes have these dreams that seem so real and that cause a major change in their lives. Uh, The seventh chapter is about angels again. It's called Touched by an Angel. The eighth chapter is called Answered Prayers. The ninth is Faith in Action and includes a bunch of interesting stories that happen in church. And Mm -hmm. the tenth chapter is Love That Doesn't Die, and that's more of those messages from heaven stories. They're all wonderful chapters, and every chapter brings a different meaning to people's life. And in reading the various stories in the various chapters, it just sort of triggered things in my life. Like I say, again, it's a wonderful reflection. And again, it's a perfect timing during this holiday season just to kind of sit back and read the chicken soup book. And what's interesting about it, it's they're short stories. Yeah, that's nice also when you're busy. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful to just... Put the book somewhere where you can keep picking it up. Maybe you read for 10 minutes before you go to sleep at night, or maybe you leave it in the car because you're in the pickup line at school and you know you're going to have 10 minutes to read in the car. Maybe your commute involves a subway ride and you read a couple of stories on the subway, but it is nice that you can pick it up, spend five or 10 minutes reading a story, and you have a complete story from beginning to end, and then you can put it back down again. Some people take our books and they just pick them up and randomly read stories. They don't go through an order. And they feel like it's almost like people who read scripture and just like blindly put their finger on a page and see what it it will give them. So they just pick it up and they read a different story each day and they skip around and they see what they'll encounter each day. See how remarkably the stories will um, coincide with what's going on in their lives. That's interesting, though that you brought that up because that is in some ways I'm letting faith taking in and see what do I need today. And that's a classic example about the chicken soup. I wonder what should I have <laughs> today. And the book allows you to do that. Yeah, it's really fun. I, I know a lot of people who tell me they do that. They just pick it up and randomly turn mm-hmm. to a story. I happen mm-hmm. to kind of shape the book with a, a flow, and so I try to have a flow, but it really works great on a one-story-at-a-time basis also. I was going to comment, I love the cover, and I love the new style, the Rays title. It's just beautiful. Yeah, so this is the fourth book that we've done with our new cover design, and I am so excited about it. I just keep looking at it and thinking how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I owe it to um, a very smart book buyer at Target who said to me, you should make your logo smaller. And I said, oh, my gosh, you're so right. And so we completely redesigned our covers, and we're doing this embossing, yeah. which makes them very yeah. gifty. Gifty is a publishing yeah. term. <laughs> right. But it does make them seem more special and um, even more appropriate to give as gifts. But it is a beautiful, beautiful cover with those rays coming down from mm. the sky um, I just happen to love it. It's it's one of the prettiest covers we've ever made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. Being that you guys have done this for so long, 
and I keep on saying this. I used to tell you, like, every time when I read a book, it's better than the other book, and then better than the other book. And it's like it's a never-ending game. How can you top it each time? <laughs> I don't think we do. I just think they're all great. But it is yeah. true that we do have even more stories to choose from because more and more people are submitting stories to us. Um, mm-hmm. They want to be published by Chicken Soup for the Soul. They mm-hmm. find it very exciting, which it is. They get newspaper articles written about them when they're published in our books. They mm-hmm. feel it's very important on their writer resumes if they are professional writers or you know freelance writers right. trying to build a reputation. Right. Yeah, right. having if you're a nonfiction. Um, memoir kind of writer Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. in chicken soup for the soul books is very important on your writer's resume so we Mm. are seeing that our number of submissions keeps going up and i have to keep hiring more people to read (laughs) all the submissions because we do read all of them everybody has an equal chance of getting into the book and i love it when we publish new people we haven't published before right 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 and that's interesting as well because it's a story driven book it's not about the person that's true it's it's the stories they're telling although over time if we have a writer who keeps writing for us and we end up publishing you know half a dozen of his or her stories we we start getting to know that writer and our readers will start to recognize certain people and say oh i didn't know this about this person Mm -hmm. so that's kind of fun it's like it's like that thing peeling the onion, you know, where you peel right, it off and you right. keep getting to new layers, and we keep learning more <laughs> and more about these very interesting people. Right, right, so true. Well, let's talk about a few of the stories in the book. There are some wonderful stories that truly relates to what I went through in my life, and I want to talk about a few of those. One in particular, the very first one is Angels Among Us, and it's actually the second story, The White Dog by Joshua Marx. Oh, yeah. So that was interesting because his wife had been diagnosed with breast cancer and he was taking her um, to the hospital for her first surgery. And he stepped out onto the back porch with his coffee mug one morning just because he was really panicky and he just wanted to go outside and take some deep breaths and try to calm down. And he saw a dog in the backyard that he didn't recognize, a medium-sized white dog and he would had only lived in this house for a couple of months but he didn't know this dog but the dog just looked at him very steadily with these warm brown eyes and then once their eyes connected the dog dipped his head slightly and he walked away mm-hmm. and um Joshua found that he was much calmer after that so then he drove his wife to the hospital told her about the white dog and that the dog made him feel better and she just smiled at him and patted his leg you know like nice little (laughs) husband so then um the morning of the surgery came and he stepped out onto the porch again with his coffee and there was the white dog again in the exact same spot looking Mm -hmm. right into his eyes again and joshua felt better again and then his wife needed to go to the hospital again and he stepped out onto the back porch again and there was the dog again in the exact same spot looked into his eyes again kind of nodded at him and then walked off and again Joshua felt better and every time that he really needed reassurance because his wife was going through a new procedure 
or radiation or chemo, but something new was happening, the dog would appear in his backyard, and none of the neighbors recognized his description of the dog. He, you know, he spent more than right. a year in that neighborhood. After that, he never saw the dog. And then finally, his wife was going to the hospital to have her port removed. You know, the port where they put the mm-hmm. chemo in because she was done. She ha- she was clear. She didn't have cancer. Mm-hmm. She was done with all her treatment. It was over, and. Joshua walked outside, but this time he was happy, and the dog Mm -hmm. was not there. He stepped onto the back porch, and in the normal spot where the dog would have been, the dog was not there, but Joshua didn't need any reassurance that morning because everything was over and good, and and his wife was cured. So that was an interesting story. Very, very interesting. I chose that story, and again, this is interesting. It may be some sort of similar to what you were talking about where people pick up chicken soup book and randomly pick a story. So what I do is that whenever I read stories is I go down the list and say, you know, I wonder what story I want to read. When I read this particular story, it triggered to me the memory I had when I was at home in Malaysia. We were doing the wake for my mom at the house and everyone's asleep and in the middle of the night, I'll be the only one that's up to sort of make sure everything is okay. We have our candles lit and all the incense are burning. I believe it was the third night of the wake where I saw this beautiful white butterfly that out of nowhere that was flying around. The casket flew towards the back of the house to my mom's room. Of course, I followed it with my iPhone <laughs> trying to take a picture and I couldn't, I couldn't get a picture. And somehow it just disappeared. The next morning, I told my sister about it. And she said, the day that you flew back from the United States, that moth was with me all day long, flying from the living room to the dining room to the kitchen area. And in the back of my mind, I was just saying, well, I hope this is something good and special. And there's a certain amount of gentleness with that white moth that just sort of floats in the house throughout the day for her, and it did the same thing for me that night, that somehow it was very soothing to my soul. Wow, that's really interesting. And I know that moths and butterflies have a special Mm -hmm. meaning in Mm -hmm. Asia, right? They're viewed as somehow related to the soul of the person who has passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So this story of the white dog may not be... And I say disrespectfully, it may not relate to somebody else, but who knows? It relates to someone else because it triggers memories of things that you go through in your life that somehow, hmm, now it makes sense. Now I see how this could mean something more. At the time, I didn't realize what it meant, but now it certainly does. Mm -hmm. That's a cool story. Yeah. You'll have to write it up if we ever do another book on this subject. (laughs) (laughs) For me, what happens was all I felt at that moment in time was the softness of love and comfort. That's what I felt. It's a wonderful experience. That's all I could say. It's very difficult. You have to be in the moment to to really enjoy that, and that's the exciting part about it. What's your favorite story? Oh, I have a couple of favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorites is the very first one in the book. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called My First Responder. It's Story one in chapter one. Mm -hmm. And 
what I love about this one is that you really can't explain this one away. So Rhea Cantrell um, had just gone to a church to audition to be church cantor, and the audition went really well, and they had hired her on the spot. So she was feeling good, and she was uh, driving home, and she was turning onto the entrance ramp to the highway. She had a Mm -hmm. green arrow, so she was making her turn, and out of nowhere, this suburban blew through the red light that it had and plowed into her mm-hmm. little car, which was a neon. And she saw it coming, but there was nothing she could do. So mm-hmm. the glass shattered around her, the airbags deployed, um, and she felt something heavy push against her legs. It turned out it was the car's engine. And to make matters worse, the engine was already in flames. She tried to open her door, the driver's side door, and it was completely caved in, and she couldn't budge it. She was screaming. The police came quickly. They put out the flames with a fire extinguisher. The firefighters and the EMTs came. Nobody could get that door open, and flames began spreading out again from under the hood, and she was crying. The firemen were trying to find some way to get her out. They went off to try to get the jaws of life, and... The flames were coming closer to her. could feel that something bad had happened to one of her ankles when, you know, the car engine pushed forward against her. And all of a sudden, this very handsome guy showed up with a really nice smile. And he said, I've got you, sweetheart. Hang on. And he opened her door like it was nothing, helped her out of her burning car. She leaned against him, and he walked her to the side of the road far enough away, sat her down on the curb, Nobody knew she had gotten out of the car. The firemen rushed over with a foam spray to put out the fire. And then they turned, and one of the firefighters walked over to her and said, how did you get here? And she told him, and he said, there was no one else here. We went for the jaws of life to get you out of the car, and we found you sitting on the curb. We couldn't Mm -hmm. open that door. The, The only way to get you out was to cut you out. And Rhea said, but I know I saw him, and the firefighter said there was no one there. I can absolutely assure you there was no one there. And and there was no other vehicle. There was no other way mm-hmm. for this man to have appeared. So she was saved, and a few days later she went to the junkyard to get her personal items from her car. Mm-hmm. And she found her purse, which was slightly burned, but she could still get stuff out of her purse. And weirdly, inside the purse, was a silver cross that she had never seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a crucifix, and she couldn't figure out why it was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was definitely not hers. But she keeps that cross with her at all times now as a reminder that somehow she was rescued from that wreck that day and no one could ever explain how it happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, I started the book with it because it was a great example of the unexplainable. (laughs) (laughs) You have a second story that you really like and that I actually like as well. Miracles Happen, The Messenger's Daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I love this story. I actually, funny, I've been using some of these stories for my podcast. Some of them have Mm -hmm played yet but I recorded them so I recorded that story that we just talked about Um, and then this next one the messenger daughter I also recorded a podcast about 
this one, so this was really cool. I love these stories where people were basically brave enough to listen to their inner voice or a mysterious mm-hmm. voice, but not to reject it, but to actually listen to it. And so in this case, uh, Lainey Belcastro, she was mm-hmm. at a luncheon with her friends. She was getting married in a couple of weeks, and her friends took her out for lunch. And all of a sudden in her voice, she heard this very authoritative voice say, go home. And so she thought, all right, this voice in my mind says go home. She went home because she was a little worried because her dad was home. He had diabetes, and he was recovering from having his right leg amputated. So she rushed home, imagining the worst. But he was fine. He was sitting there and happy to see her. So she had lunch with him, and they had a good talk. He said he was going to actually use his new prosthetic leg to walk her down the aisle at her wedding. And he talked about what he was going to wear. And then for some reason that she couldn't explain, she blurted out, Dad, do you ever fear dying? And he answered right away. He already knew his answer. And he said, no, never. Mm -hmm. I've had many close encounters with death, but I've lived long enough to see all four of my children, you know, grown and capable of taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. I've had Mm -hmm. an incredible job. I've traveled all over this country. He talked about how he was so blessed to have his wonderful wife. And then he said, the most important reason I don't fear death is that I will see my mother again. I was only Mm -hmm. nine months old when she died. And so Lainey went away from lunch, and then she was back a few days later, and she was opening wedding presents, and her dad was sitting there in his wheelchair. And she was opening a present, and all of a sudden she heard this awful gurgling sound, and her dad had slumped over in the chair, and Mm -hmm. he was dead. And she ended up being able to tell her family what he had told them about death and how he wasn't afraid of dying, and it was such a comfort to them. And if she hadn't listened to that weird authoritative voice in her head, she wouldn't have gone home that day. She wouldn't have blurted out her strange question about dying, and she wouldn't have gotten this answer that was so reassuring for her whole family. It is just a beautiful story. It reminded me a lot when my mom used to visit me in the United States. And I did not know at the time where she would bring what she called her death clothes with her. She'd really? say, if anything happened to me, yeah. She would say, if anything happened to me, I want to be in this set of clothes. I said, you're kidding me, right? And she said, no, I, I want to be in this set of clothes. And I'm happy. And she says, life is good. You're doing well. Your sister's doing well. I've traveled. I have seen a lot of things. I'm not trying to cheat death. Not am I trying to run to the finish line either. <laughs> she has a sense of humor to her. But she said that, uh, yeah, your sister is aware of it. This is the clothes that I want to have on when I pass on. So it's really interesting because she was like fully prepared. She said totally at peace with her affairs, so to speak. I guess we all could possibly get to that point in our lives, and that would be a wonderful place to be. It would be very nice to have that calm feeling about the inevitability of death, but I think I'm certainly not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. There's a certain amount of peace and tranquility that 
I just don't know how that just happens to someone. And Amy, what's interesting is we talk about my mom dying and so forth. I had the opportunity of being in Malaysia when my mom passed, getting the phone call and taking three days to get home. Either way, that's the fastest way to get home, so to speak. And I was there when she took her last breath, and it was a very interesting moment for me to share with her. She knew that I was there because even though she couldn't speak, but she felt my presence. She knew I was holding her hand, stroking her head, and kissing her forehead, and basically just whispering words into her ears, the things that talked about in the past, and the comfort. And I could see the peacefulness of the whole transition. And I felt a certain amount of peace in myself because the whole room was full of of our relatives. My sister was there. Everyone was crying, and yet Johnny would be like, okay, it's like I'm flat. It, it, it didn't bother me. I had a sense of peace. And it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I never thought I would experience that, but I'm so glad I did because when my father died a year after I got to the United States, I never did really experience that at all. And for years, whenever I dreamt about my father, he, he was always alive. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So what other stories do you like? Well, there's another one about listening to a voice, and um, mm-hmm. that is story number 11. It's in, it's the first story in the Miracles Happen chapter. Mm-hmm. And this is another one that I actually talked about on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Um, in this one, Christine Benevento tells us that she and her, or actually she worked, but her husband had been out of work for months, and so mm-hmm. money was very tight for them. They had borrowed money from family members for everything, you know, groceries, gas, utilities. Mm-hmm. Um, they had bill collectors calling them every day, you know, treating them like criminals. They were very stressed. And one day she was driving to work, um, enjoying the silence in the car, and she heard a voice, and it said, turn on the radio. So she did it, and at that moment on the radio, they were telling listeners about a contest that was happening at the local shoe store. It was the last day to enter. They were giving away free pizza if you showed up, and you just had to fill out an entry form, and you could win a cruise to Bermuda and also be entered in a national contest to win $25,000. So she decided to to stop at the shoe store on the way home. And then she had a busy day at work, and she forgot all about the contest. She was in the car at the end of work driving to pick up her son, and the voice came to her again and said, turn on the radio. So she turned it on, and she heard the same announcement about the contest again, and it was ending in one hour. So she picked up her son, and she told him they were going to get him a piece of pizza, and they went to the shoe store, and actually by the time they got got there, all the pizza was gone, but she entered the contest, and she went home and told her husband, and he was a bit perplexed as to why she had even done this but she did it because she heard this voice and she just didn't want to ignore Mm -hmm. this weird voice in her head (laughs) and then um she ended up when she was at work one day and a co-worker ran over to her and said chris the radio station just called your name you won the cruise to bermuda (laughs) and she was just completely floored and then they entered her into this national contest Mm -hmm. and two weeks later she was sitting in a meeting and the phone rang 
And she picked it up, and it was the DJ from the radio station, and she had won the $25,000. <laughs> so they were able to pay back their debts to their family members. They were able to pay down their bills enough so that the bill collectors stopped calling them. Mm-hmm. And she says that she still gets goosebumps every time she thinks about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful story. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just... it's. I I always believe you should go with your gut feeling. Um right. And right. not be embarrassed to go with your gut feeling because you never know. Mhm. Mhm. So true. One of the favorite stories that I like in the book is An Angel Midnight Prayer by Samantha Nolan. Can you read that beautiful poem for us please? Oh yeah, let me go and find that in the book now. Um let's see. I'm just looking for it right now. Sure. What page is it on? I don't know why I'm not finding it. 235. 235. Okay, it's way in there. All right, Mm -hmm. I'm turning to that page right now. 235. Here we are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Samantha Nolan's wonderful poem. I think it might be the only poem we actually accepted for the book because we we don't really Mm -hmm. like poems that read like Hallmark cards. We like poems that really tell a story. All right, so here it is. Last night, I looked up at the sky. I wished that you were near. It's been a while since I have prayed, but God, I need an ear. I'm worried that my angel is too far for me to see. What if one day heaven hasn't saved a spot for me? And suddenly, I heard a voice. God whispered, there's no hurry. He said, your angel waits for you. You'll never have to worry. The stars above are porch lights that welcome old friends home. So when it's time for you to come, you'll never feel alone. I promise that he waits for you, so never shed a tear. Your angel keeps his porch light on until the day you're here. To remind you that he's waiting, he lights up like a beam. And when you are so deep in sleep, he he slips into your dream. He watches you each morning, protects you when you feel scared. He guides you through each journey, gives strength when unprepared. The sun rays are his warm hugs. The rain is his soft cry. For times that you doubt heaven or wish he'd said said goodbye. But angels never leave us, although they're not in sight. They wake us up each morning and tuck us in each night. So though, though he may seem far away when it's your time, just know your angel will be upon his porch singing, Welcome Home. So I one thing I want to say about that is mm-hmm. a lot of people say it's not necessarily angels, but it's the subconscious that you have that knows right. what's right for you, and right. that that can be interpreted as an angel, but it's really inside you. You have mm-hmm. like a guide inside you, and you have to listen to it to know mm-hmm. what to do. And that's why often people are visited in their dreams by an angel, and sometimes it's that their subconscious mm-hmm. is informing them and educating them because when you're asleep, you're more open to the messages from your subconscious and you're too distracted during your waking hours to pay attention to your subconscious. Right, right. Well, what I gather as well with that beautiful poem is this, that in the end, there's a certain amount of affirmation that we look from within and sometimes it's nice to know that we can kind of like let it go 
knowing that we are channeling ourselves to what's good out there and the possibilities. That's what I got out of that in terms of, like, let it go. Yes, exactly, that it's all going to work out and Mm -hmm. your place in heaven is waiting for you. Don't worry. Exactly. I like I like her idea that the stars above are like somebody leaving the porch light on. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very powerful image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the wonderful stories in the book that I like is Faith in Action, Heavenly Possible by Pastor Wanda Christie Shannon. Oh, yeah. That was such an interesting story because she really defied um, medical knowledge so so Pastor Wanda had tumors on her tongue, and that was awful because she was a pastor, and she was also a singer. She had actually gotten involved in the church initially as a singer. She had done her first solo at age three. She never had any any training, but her voice was just naturally wonderful. And so she was, you know, very upset that she was going to have tongue surgery so she had the surgery she went through two painful months of recovery and then the tumors returned and so she had to have more surgery and lose more of her tongue and they told her she might not even be able to speak because of the loss of her tongue and certainly she would not be able to sing Mm -hmm. and so she went through the second surgery and she had a remarkable recovery she said it was like her recovery was on fast forward. She was <laughs> forming words again after days instead of weeks or months. And within a week, she was even trying to sing again. And she went to church, and it was Christmas time, and they were playing the music for Oh Holy Night, which happened to be mm-hmm. the song she had done when she was age three. That was her first solo. Mm-hmm. So she just started singing with all her heart. She really didn't know what would happen. And she sang so extraordinarily well that when she finished and opened her eyes, she discovered that people were staring at her. And then she went back to the surgeon for a follow-up, and he was there with his intern. And the intern looked at her chart and then looked like he thought he was looking at the wrong chart. He said, Wait, didn't, didn't you just have some of your tongue removed? And she smiled and said yes, and then the intern looked at the older doctor and said, should she be able to speak? And the older (laughs) doctor said no, and then Mm -hmm. just smiled. So that was very cool and would really give a lot of hope to somebody facing cancer surgery of some kind, that you can absolutely defy the, Mm -hmm. the wisdom of the doctors and the wisdom of what they've seen happen, you know, 99% of the time, and you can be in the 1%. Right. So true. The final story that I like, which is kind of very exciting, and I like to close with that, God laughs. And it's also in the chapter of Faith in Action by Doris Schoon. This is funny. Oh, yeah. This this really was a (laughs) cute story. And I, I almost put it in because I thought, oh, gee, somebody who's very, very religious will think I'm making light of things. But then I thought, no, because Doris Schoon, she, or Schoon, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, yeah. she put it in here, and she's a member of the church where it happened. And what Doris tells us is that she was hosting some friends from out of town. And um, one of her friends, 
was a Roman Catholic, one was a Quaker. Um, Doris herself was a Presbyterian, and that's the church she took them to. And then her friend Lynette did not attend church at all. And so as they went into the church, Lynette just joked, and she said, I haven't set foot in a church for over 30 years. The ceiling will probably come down. <laughs> now, normally Doris sat in the back row. You know how people in church have like mm-hmm, their place mm-hmm. where they sit. But mm-hmm. her friends didn't know that, so they just marched right in and sat in the front row. So Doris sat in the front row with them, and they had just sat down when they heard this loud noise, and then something fell from the ceiling right in front of Lynette. <laughs> The one who had joked about the ceiling coming down. And it was a big piece of a lighting fixture that fell right in front of her. And, I mean, there were 30 seats in the front row, but this chunk of the lighting fixture from the ceiling fell right in front of Lynette. And Doris tells us that she's a doctor. So she's very scientific, and she really likes numbers and math. And her undergraduate major in college was biostatistics. Um, So she really cares about statistical probability And she said, you know, the probability of them sitting in the front row is small. The probability of a piece of the light fixture falling when when nothing had ever fallen from the ceiling in more than 50 years was small. The probability (laughs) that piece would fall right in front of the one person who had made the joke was infinitesimally small. So Doris just decided that God has a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's really, really funny. Yeah, it's, I like that one, too. I'm glad you didn't find it insulting. <laughs> no, no, no. You have to find humor in life, and things like that just really adds a little oomph in life. And so that's the exciting part about it. What would you like for the readers to gain from reading this beautiful book? I want them to walk away with a renewed faith, whether it's a faith in mm-hmm. their particular religion or a faith in spirituality or a faith in karma or a faith that just that good things can happen to people even when they're not expecting them Mm -hmm. and that you shouldn't lose hope and that these weird things do happen. And you should really be on the lookout for them because Mm -hmm. if you're looking for them, you're better able to appreciate them and they enrich your life. They make you happier. They make you a more positive person. And really every book we put out at Chicken Soup for the Soul has an underlying mission, which is to make the readers more positive people. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. What is Chicken Soup up to for the remainder of the year? Oh, my gosh. We have such a strong fall season, I guess I'd say, because we mm-hmm. started with our Power of Gratitude book, which has been a big hit. Mm-hmm. Then we put out my Simply Happy book, which has gotten rave reviews, please go look on Amazon. I've got over 65 star reviews. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. 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 So um, my simply happy book is like everything that I've learned at chicken soup for the soul, all distilled into one slim volume, you know, Mm -hmm. easy to Mm -hmm. read, but all the advice and wisdom that I've picked up from tens of thousands of chicken soup for the soul stories. Then we have this wonderful angels and miracles book. And then we have a really fun book called the joy of Christmas. And then mm-hmm. right after Christmas, on December 27th, we're putting out my anti-New Year's resolution book. <laughs> I guess it's my book about getting real and being you know, realistic about mm-hmm. things. And the book is called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Curvy and Confident. And it's mm-hmm. about 
being confident within the body type that you were issued at birth and just being fit within that body and not trying to be something that you're not and also not being self-conscious if you weigh more than you used to weigh or you're not as fit as you used to be Mm -hmm. or you're taller than you'd like or shorter than you like. Just Mm -hmm. being, you know, you look good when when you're confident. Confidence is half of your appearance. Um, Mm -hmm. And I happen to be doing that book with Supermodel Emmy, who was one of the first, um, full, I guess she was the very first plus-size supermodel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. our my other co-author is Natasha Stoinoff, who yeah. is one of the women who uh, came forward about an encounter with Donald Trump. And mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. proceeded mm-hmm. to attack her for her appearance, which I thought was very mm-hmm. appropriate given that we're working on this Curvy and Confident book together. Yeah. And then we also have a new television show starting mm-hmm. November 1st. It's called Project Dad. It is so much fun. It's going to be on Discovery. And we took three celebrity dads. We had them step out of the spotlight and do something they didn't normally do or actually something they had never done before. We had them stay alone with their kids for two oh. days. Then we had them stay alone with their kids again for three days. And we have 50 different cameras going, and we watch what happens (laughs) with them and their kids. And it's really funny. It's really funny seeing the wives leaving them with a long to-do list and the husband saying, oh, that's not going to happen. And the husband's just (laughs) being happy if they can get the kids through the day and get everybody fed. It's just a really, really funny, funny show. Project, yeah. But there's an underlying very good chicken soup for the soul message, which is about fathers bonding with their kids and stepping forward. Right. Because I think when the fathers and the mothers are there together, the mothers tend to be in charge. And right. the fathers need to be in charge once in a while so that they can understand what it's like to raise kids, appreciate their wives more, and also mm-hmm. build direct relationships with their kids without the filter of going through the mom. So true. I like that idea as well. Well, we're coming close to the end of the show. Do you have any wonderful recipes for living that you can share with all of us this morning? Yeah, I think that there's some great lessons for living in this Angels and Miracles book because Mm -hmm. it really does open your eyes to the angels and miracles and wonderful, unexplainable things in your life. So I guess my first ingredient for our recipe for Mm -hmm. living would be don't turn down an opportunity for a miracle. A great example is Christine Benevento, who listened to that voice in the car that told her to turn on the radio twice, and then she won the cruise and the $25,000. And another, I think another um, ingredient in our recipe for life would Mm -hmm. be to accept that divine intervention can lead to special moments, and you should let it happen. And Lainey Belcastro, Bel Castro, who had that conversation with her father right before he died, right, was right. a good good example. And then another message for me is when that little voice warns you that something bad is going to happen, you should listen. We right. didn't talk about it, but there was a woman mm-hmm. who heard a voice in her head telling her to quickly pass this big tractor trailer that was in front of her loaded with lumber. And sure mm-hmm. enough, as she was passing it, like seconds later, all the lumber fell off the truck right onto mm-hmm. where her car would have been. And another great message for me was to listen to the warnings in our dreams. 
because sometimes those warnings will help us save ourselves, save our children. And we have numerous stories in the book about people listening to a warning in their dream, feeling a little silly about it, but doing it. Mm -hmm. And then they actually averted some terrible crisis as a result of listening to their dreams. And then my fifth tip, and this is something we should all carry with us through life, is that you shouldn't be surprised if the parent-child bond seems to survive death. Mm, Because that actually is something that happens a lot where people report on something that happens after death where they still get some advice or wisdom from their mother or father and they use it and it works. Right. So true. I love all those tips. They are wonderful. And you're right because if we kind of look at the positive things and we have our antennas wide open, we can pick all this wonderful miracles things that's happening around us much easier, much, much easier. Well, Amy, thank you for the great recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. As always, it has been a true pleasure. Congratulations again on Angels and Miracles, and have a blessed day. Thank you very much. To all our listeners, thank you for being with us. Please join me in two weeks. My guest will be Jessica Tish. Jessica and I will be discussing her newly released memoir, the Future Tense of Joy. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week.